Hey friends, this is Holly Goodman, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism Wild podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences, raising my son Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience, as I now raise my son Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's group of exceptional autism parents. All right. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Isaac's Autism Wild podcast. We are talking today about fun indoor activities that we can do as a family. Now, with that being said, I was just talking to my guests before I hit the record button. I have actually found that this is the first year that we have been venturing outside in the winter time. And I was just thinking to myself, like all these great activities that you can do during the winter, and yet we have never done them. So we're going to be talking a little bit about both indoor activities and then if any of my guests have anything, any sort of outdoor activities that they've stumbled upon, which fun fact is that we have. So I'll share that towards the end. But we'll go ahead and start with whoever wants to go first. Christine, what are some indoor activities that you guys like to do as a family? I'm hoping I am not the only one because I have one in my head, but I want to see what you guys say. But I'm hoping that I'm not the only family that is broken down and um, engaged this like indoor activity, but we'll see. I think I know what one of your activities is going to be. Well, um, so my son Cameron is 14 and he's kind of a play by himself kind of kid. Although there's some things that he likes us to be involved in. He's very much a um, dress up play kind of kid. And one of the things that we can get him to do is to play card games. So yeah, so he likes card games like skip bow or we've actually found out that he likes to play Battleship, although he's a little bit of a cheater when he plays Battleship because he doesn't like to lose. So we've had to work on being a graceful loser if we are playing a game. He can't cheat to win and he has to be graceful if somebody else wins the game. But okay, I have to ask the question then. We also are battle Battleship players. And so here is my question. Do you play to win so that they have to practice losing or are you kind of easy on them and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, I could sink this ship in about like uh, two guesses, but I'm going to go ahead and be a little ambiguous just so that we don't like, you know, upset them because I, I'm kind of starting to play to win, to force him to have to be a better loser because like, let's be real. If I can win, I'll win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't try to not win. Okay. If it starts to be a blowout or, you know, I'm down to that last ship and we've only played for 45 minutes and we want to extend it a little bit, I'll be like, B7, like completely randomly. <laughs> He'll be like, miss. I'm like, oh, darn it. I thought that was the last one for that last ship. And what we try and do mostly is just extend the amount of play. That seems to be what we try and do most often is just have the games last longer. So they, he's, t- you know, taking turns and we're having conversation and, you know, he's playing the game. One of the other things that Cameron really loves to do is to build forts. That is a fun indoor activity. It makes me a little crazy because I'm kind of OCD about, you know, my house being, you know, clean and tidy and things in their place. So I'll usually let a fort go for a couple of days and then it's time to 
clean up, but we'll pull out all the blankets and towels and move furniture and build forts. And then it's... Can I... Okay, that is a really good one. Can I... I'm going to share you... Everybody, I'm going to share with you my Holly autism piece. This is this is my, I, I believe everyone has a little bit of autism and I'm going to tell you what my autism is. I have a thing about blankets touching the floor. If a blanket touches the floor in my mind, it's like, uh, uh, I have to wash it afterwards. So I have also come to the point where it's like, okay, yeah, let's go ahead and build a fort. And I just, I'm super cringy because it's like, oh gosh, you know, the blankets are going to be touching the floor. Cause in my mind, I'm just like, oh gosh, if they're on the floor, that means they're dirty. And then I just, um, okay, this is a perfect time to make a fort because I needed to wash those blankets anyway. And so that's been my mental concession is, is that, yeah, let's play, let's do a fort with all the blankets and the towels. And then like, it's like, everything goes in the laundry room. Cause I, I just, I can't not wash it if it's touched the floor. It's my little piece of autism. I can't explain it. Yeah, we do went up in the up in our carpeted you know playroom area so I feel like that's kind of okay oh, it's uh, probably okay fine I don't know why my brain is hardwired that if a blanket touches the ground it's dirty I mean literally it's it's neurotic I can't it's it's not like they're dirty but in my mind you know I'm working see, I, can't, I just can't stand the um the chaos of it because it's like it's not like it's five lovely blue blankets and they all look lovely and it's no, it's like this broomstick sticking out here and this blanket here and this well, other all your dining room out. chairs. You know, that's yeah. my other little bit of neuroses. I hate dining room chairs not pushed in. And so then when they make the forts, all the dining room chairs are everywhere. And for me, that's again another like bit of my like neurotic tendencies where I'm like, oh my gosh, the dining room chairs are not pushed yeah. in. Yeah. But I, I breathe through it. But it's fun. It is fun. There is something about that that's very calming for Cameron. I think it's just sort of that whole cocooning and like he can regulate the light in there, you know, because he can bring a little lantern in there and turn it on or turn it off. And it's like sound dampening. So there is something to be said that it's just very calming for him as as much as it spins me up, it, the forts seem to be very calming for Cam. Yeah, that's another good one. Anybody else? Yes, I'm Tanya. I have a 10-year-old with autism and I have an eight-year-old typical child, brothers. One thing my kids have gotten into lately is they discovered a couple of years ago that they really like laser tag. So for Christmas, they got their own laser tag set. Okay, so it's that really actually good. sounds amazing because Christine, what I thought you were going to say as one of your like activities that you play is like Nerf gun wars, which are I know awesome. I thought you were going to say they that hurt. too. They hurt like literally. I'll come out of the kitchen with a hot cup of tea, and somebody's pelting me with like Nerf guns, darts, things, and they can't hurt, especially if you get winged in the neck. Like my neck, like. I've gotten winged in the neck and it just stings. Like, heck, I don't care if it hits my body, but like the neck hurts. So Cameron tends to freak out if we lose, and I'm using the little air quotes when I'm saying this, if we lose any of his Nerf gun darts, they're not lost. They're in the room somewhere, but they might have fallen behind a piece of furniture and you just can't find it. So he loses his ever love in mind. So we have found that it's like, okay, we can't have a Nerf gun war without freaking out about the possibility of, you know, having a Nerf dart not be found right away. So I love the idea of- Laser tag. Laser tag. I'm like, 
we could shoot each other all day long and we're not losing any Nerf darts. Yes. Well, and the thing that I've had to work on with my kids is they get mad at each other when they play oftentimes because one will go really heavy shooting at the other and the other one will yell, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> That's me. Half the time I'm, as we play Nerf Wars, I'm like, I wasn't ready. Like, you can't shoot me if I have no gun in my hand. Like, literally, I was coming out of the kitchen. How is that fair? It's one thing if I have, like, the Nerf gun and then I, you know, so I love, okay, so Tanya, tell me this. Do only the boys have the um, the laser tag things or do mom and dad? No, it came with four. So we have enough for the whole family. <laughs> That is amazing. Okay, where did you get this? I ordered them. Uh, no, actually, my mother-in-law got them for Christmas, but I'm pretty sure she got them off Amazon. Okay. Um, they have different kinds and stuff. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell Anna that you need to find this and put it in the show comments so that you, the show notes, so people can find this. This sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, okay, so I have two very much boys. And the other thing, thanks to my husband that they've gotten into doing is my husband will, he works out in the evenings on our, we got an elliptical during COVID since the gyms had closed so that he could still um, get exercise in. And so he started watching wrestling. And so my kids have been exposed to wrestling. So now I will come downstairs and find them and they will both take their shirts off and they will wrestle each other the only bad thing is that sometimes they accidentally can hurt each other oh yes oh yeah i told them i was like if you're going to wrestle you can't come crying to me if one of you gets hurt yes i I was taking off your shirts and wrestling is that just limited to the kids and megan i stopped doing it's just limited to the kids yes yeah so david don't be careful when you're making those home movies you know like for like later on in life when the family's doing their mma wrestling things yeah so yeah i know they've been wrestling if they come upstairs without their shirts on them (laughs) that is awesome but they're definitely boys they're like they are constantly yet yeah that is it gets out energy though so Hey, yeah, anything that gets energy and keeps them cont- like just entertained for a little bit so that you're not necessarily mm. having to provide the 100. You know, I love activities that I can play with the, with them as well. But on the other hand, too, like that sounds like a great activity that they can do together. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. And here's the thing, like during the Nerf Wars, too, even when I'm like, I'm not playing play amongst yourselves, then they're still using me as like the shield because you can't shoot mom, can't shoot mom. And then, of course, they still try. Because it's like one of them standing behind me and they're still trying to shoot them. And it's just like, this is still not. My kids do Nerf Wars too, but I have a rule with them because we live in a split level house. And so their playroom's in the basement. And I tell them, I was like, your Nerf guns, your laser tech's up. It's not allowed upstairs. That's so smart. I I unfortunately That's brilliant. Okay. See that when I finally get my whole house back. Hey there, buddy. Are you joining us for the podcast? We're talking about some things that you like to do indoors. So Hi. I'm sharing some of them. Hi there. What Beth. are some things you like to do play with inside? Play video games. Hmm. And that's actually one of my things. Do you ever play Among Us with your mom? No. No. What's Among Us? Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't. I think I already know what that is. Yeah. It's a game. My kids suck me in, but that's one of the games that we all sit around in the living room and we play Among Us. So everybody has to have their iPad or their phone or something. And we play this thing called Among Us. But don't worry. I, I, I know what it is. You do? Yeah. Well, I music videos and you can play it on Roblox. Yes, you can. Yeah. So, and that's the thing is I'm going to figure out a way that once, you know, I, I have to test my theory. I'm testing out my 
my my thought, but I think we might actually, as the Isaac Foundation, play all online one night in April. So we're gonna play, have a giant Isaac Foundation among us. Like I should get Among Us on my iPad. Okay, maybe I played on Roblox. Don't worry, I'm gonna test it out with your yeah. mom at Mom's Night one of these like coming <laughs> up. So Mom's gonna we're gonna practice my theory before we yes. launch it with the kids. And that would be my ten year old Logan with autism. Yes, hey, he loves to talk and socialize. Yes, but see, hey, that's the thing. That actually is a really good point. You know, just because they have autism doesn't mean that they aren't social. It's just that nope. sometimes it's just difficult for them to. It's, yes, yeah. he's very social. It's just not always it's he just has some challenges with the social part, but he loves to talk to other kids exactly. constantly. Yeah. So we thought, yeah. So if you're listening to this, like stay tuned in the month of April, our parents group, we're going to do a virtual. So two things. One, we're going to go ahead and have, um, we have some parents that are really struggling. So we're going to go ahead and have an in-person social distance um, with an outdoor venue for this month for February. I think it'll be the 18th of February. And then at the end of the month, we're going to do a virtual parent night out and we're going to test out playing among us as a group, because I would like to then try and play it with parents and kids come April. So April is autism awareness month. So we're working on a list of different things and activities that we can do um, for our families in in April. So you guys are going to be my guinea pigs parents. So buckle up. I expect all of you to be on virtual mom's night so we can test out among us. But so thank you, Logan, for my segue about, yes, we do play among us at home. And um, so everybody has, you know, an iPad or a device and we sit around and we play it and the kids have a blast. And as a parent, it's actually not too bad. So hopefully um, if we can make it work so we can do a massive virtual among us night, it will be super fun. David, you're with us still. I haven't gotten to hear any of the, you have, it's a little flip flop because you have the little ladies in your life. And so I'm curious to find out what are some family games or indoor activities that you guys do? The one thing I discovered, Morgan is now 13. Um, she has autism, her sister, neurotypical 11, but uh, certainly suffering from preteen angst, rage, and still not connecting with an older sister yet. A valuable thing I discovered is just because they won't eat the food doesn't mean they don't like preparing the food. Um, and so, yeah, I was still I'm like, Meg's like, I'm going to have her cook. I'm like, she's not going to want to get near that. But maybe it's from a sensory textural standpoint of actually the process of making the food. Um, she had no problem doing. I can't remember what it was. I just know it was dinner and it was savory, which means it's not on Morgan's list of things she'll eat. But her and Meg went along and did the whole thing together. And maybe just maybe for other families out there, that would open the door to their challenging um, nutrition program with their kid to their kid eating it. It didn't exactly work with us. You know, she still wanted nothing to do with the finished product. But just the fact that she wanted to be involved opened the door to her getting involved with more and more ventures, you know, culinary ventures with mom. So and it's just another thing that uh, will occupy them. That's not, you know, the iPad and that type of thing, because we de we default to that way too much ourselves in that, you know, we let them distract ourselves because quite frankly, we need a distraction too. So like, yes, go distract yourself because you'll be away from us for a while. Morgan loves puzzles. 
she'll sit there and she can lose herself. If she loses her device, which we have structured hours in which she can, and which she protests every night and acts as if, you know, we've just instituted this rule for the first time ever. But then once she gets over her rage, then she'll figure out, you know, the puzzle still sitting there at the table. She'll go do that for a while. So those are just a couple of things, but you know, another activity in the kitchen and, you know, I guess you have to incentivize some of the other chores, but once you incentivize something like cleaning, all of a sudden, you know, Piper, her neurotypical sister became the toilet cleaner. It's like, I want this on Roblox. Oh, okay. Well, that's $4. Oh, I'll go clean a toilet. Perfect. You know, so another thing to occupy them that doesn't have anything to do with electronics. Yeah. We did the same thing with, with Cameron. We felt like, okay, you know, we were never one of those parents that said, okay, you get a, you get an allowance and then that kind of thing. But then we thought, that's actually a real world skill. And his life skills teacher at school instituted having, they can earn money at school and he has a little checkbook. And so as he earns, he, he puts deposits. So we thought, okay, well, let's, let's just keep that going at home. Cause we feel like his job is his therapy. So for every two hours of ABA therapy, he earns a dollar and he gets to put that into his at home checkbook. And then he has other chores, kind of the same thing. We incentivize the the different chores that we want him to do. And he, you know, he doesn't complain about doing them and it takes him some time. And yeah, kind of that same, same thing, just incentivizing, whether it's, you know, a star chart or for Cameron, it's earning money. Then he gets to, you know, go on Amazon and buy another Nerf gun. But yeah, I love, I love that. And it's actually been, you know, kind of like so many positives to it in terms of learning money. And then when we buy a Nerf gun, we take it away from the money that he's earned. So he can kind of see, okay, you know how long it took you to earn that, that money doing therapy and doing your chores. And are you sure you want to spend all this money? Cause now you only have $2 left in your checking account kind of thing. And so there's just so many levels to how that's just been really positive for Cameron. We use something similar. Logan earns an allowance. Both my kids do each week and they, his favorite place to go spend it is actually at Barnes and Noble. Yeah, he loves Barnes & Noble. But we do it mainly with chores, but then he has, he earns other things. So I, both my kids finally got, I finally gave in and got them their own iPads because I was tired of them borrowing mine. And so, but I put like parental time controls on it. So Logan can earn, he starts with so many minutes he gets after school, but he can like for doing his schoolwork, he can earn more minutes that I can add to his electronic time at the end of the day by like, just by following directions, doing schoolwork, you know different things. So he can, so he starts with a set time and he can add to it though and get earn a little more time. That is a great idea. The one thing I was going to go back and not that I'm super obsessed with um, Among Us, even though it sounds like I am because the kids are super into it right now. But one of the things is you can actually take the principles of Among Us. So if you're not familiar with this is that um, you have 10 people on it in, in a group and everybody is a different colored character and you have to navigate this map and you have, it gives you a list of the different activities you have to accomplish in a certain period, like while you're playing the game. So as you're going and working through the map, you're doing your tasks. And then there's two people that are called imposters, which literally are going around sabotaging things and making it harder for you to get your tasks done. But also they can like, you know, like X you out of the game. Murder and yeah. It's called, we call it, I don't hate the word murder. So we call it murking. Oh, you know, like, oh, Caleb got murked and then you report it. And then you have to, as a team, decide who you think was the murk person. And so it's not, it's, I mean, it's very um, elementary graphics, so it's not very graphic even in the least bit, but I have had families tell me, and actually my assistant, Andrea, marketing director, um, Andrea, 
was she shared with me on TikTok, a TikTok video of parents that are turning it into a real life um, game at home where they have to go around the house and they have to do their certain tasks. So you're, and then of course you have, you know, by random order. So you can do it in person where you're playing the concept of among us. And it's no different than some of the games that we played when we were kids. You know what I mean? Like it's like freeze takes. So, you know, once the person gets, you know, tapped, then they're frozen. And then, but you're trying to get all your, your chores done in the house. So if the parent is very crafty, they're making these chores that the kids are running around trying to get done by the time the timer goes off and trying not to get murked. That's what we call it. We don't like calling it murdered because that seems a little dark. So we call it murking. So anyway, it's uh, kind of a nice way of getting some tasks done in the house and the kids, you know, are running around because you know, the key is to try and get your tasks done as fast as possible before you get murked, right? So um, that's a good one. I also love, um, we do the same thing with the making your food because, you know, Caleb has been our picky eater. Although I will say, in the last six months, this kid is starting to eat and try more things than he ever has in his entire life. And he was the most pickiest eater in the history of the world. And so any parent listening to this, I'm telling you, there's hope. Okay, so There's hope. That's all I need to know yes, is that there's hope. There's hope. I don't even know what happened, but they're all of a sudden now he's like, just at least taking courtesy bites of things and he may not love it and he may never touch it again, but he's not freaking out just at like the proposition, the suggestion that he take a bite of something. But Two things that we've done at home, because for a while, Caleb was his dream job is working at Subway. And he doesn't just call it Subway. He calls it Subway Eat Fresh, thanks to the commercial. And so we would have Subway night, where then Caleb got to be the Subway sandwich um, artist. And he you would place your order, and then he would make your sandwich for you. So you get all of the different things, whatever your family likes. And then, of course, you know, someone gets to be the sandwich artist. It's a little complicated because Kelly also wants to be the sandwich artist. So we have to agree to split the family in half so that half the people make this family member's sandwiches and the other one. But it's super, it is fun. And, you know, you can like get as crazy as you want. And then we also, um, to what David, you're talking about is we do like um, make your own pizza or calzone night where you just have all of the stuff. Um, Because like what you say, Tanya, you know, tomato products, you know, like some kids don't eat tomato products. And so maybe they'll just eat cheese on the the pizza dough, but whatever, you know what I mean? And then, you know, so we do, we have done some of that. I have to tell you one of the things, the indoor activities that we have stumbled upon. And again, we stumbled upon it. Caleb's birthday was in January and for, he has a fantastic science teacher. And I have even sent him a message and told him that you are, you know, Caleb's favorite teacher, even though they don't really interact because it's COVID and he's teaching a whole class, but Caleb just, he likes science and certain things just really fascinate him. So for his birthday, he asked for a microscope and I was just like, Oh Lord have mercy, a microscope. Cause you know, it's not like Caleb is like a super sciencey dude, but they were learning about microscopes and bacteria and different things like that. And they were watching these videos about what things look like because it's virtual learning. So you can't actually touch anything, but it was, you know, what do things look like under a microscope? And so there are some videos about what things look like under a microscope. So he's super fascinated. He asked for a microscope. I called WizKids, which is a um, local store here in Spokane and just called in advance and just said, listen, you know, my son wants a microscope for his birthday. And she was like, well, how old is he? So I said, he's 13. She was like, oh, none of these would work because they're very, they're more like, you know, just real elementary. And I'm like, well, he has autism. So it's probably fine. You know what I mean? Because I don't even know, like this is going to be like a one hit wonder thing where, you know, it's like, it's all fine and dandy when you're watching a video of what things look like under a microscope. But then when you're actually doing it yourself, it's a little lackluster. So I invested, I think it was $69. And I am telling you what. 
that microscope gets used more in our house by all of the kids because now like all of them, it was actually cooler even just a 69 basic model one, it is amazing now, like even the teenagers, the teenagers, the high school kids spend hours putting different things in the microscope and then changing the lenses out to see what it looks like. And it is now like that has been more entertaining than any one thing that we have gotten in this house, like in forever. So we also got him a bacteria grow kit as part of his birthday present too. And so now the kids are just super like everything is the, let's check it out under the microscope. And so it's just, it, it's always out and like things that get put under the microscope all the time. And it's just, it's dumb, but you know what? They're in, it's indoors and they're all enjoying themselves. And I am shocked at how many hours they spend finding things to put under the microscope just to see what it looks like. And so there you go. $69 whiz kids were ordered on Amazon. Who knows? Maybe it's cheaper, but so anyway, there you go. It's a, a microscope of all things that has been highly entertaining us. Let's switch gears here because like I said, I have been, um, because it's COVID and you can't do anything. And I've been doing some volunteer stuff and it's required me to be outside more in the winter time. And then I think to myself, gosh, you know, like this isn't so bad. Not that, now I'm going to go on record by saying Spokane has not experienced the worst winter in the history of the world. So I'm going to throw that out there that I do recognize that this has been a pretty mild winter, all things considered. But I have actually been really surprised at like, you know, getting outside and going for walks or, you know, going and, you know, the kids' tolerance to do stuff in the snow or sledding has been much higher than I feel like any time in the history of like, you know, our lives, you know, that they just, we've not been super outdoor winter people. So are there any activities that you all have found that um, you're doing outdoors, even though it's cold, that have been successful? I think one of the things that you mentioned, Holly, is just I'm covering up the fact that it's me that has the the discomfort. Like, oh, they're going to hate it out there. Then they're going to complain. I don't want them to hate it. And I don't want them to complain because I don't want them to deal with it. But I don't like it either. But you know what? I took Piper for her first time to a ski lesson. And you have to book those in advance. And it was at Mount Spokane. This is my you know, typical daughter. And the problem is like, had you told me ahead of time that the weather was going to be what it was the day that we went, I'm like, oh, we're not going on that day. I mean, it was sideways, blowing hard snow and not the soft kind. It was just the awful, like, I, I didn't want to be out there. And I enjoy, you know, snowboarding. And this is her first lesson. I'm like, I'm just going to ruin her for this whole sport. I mean... And, you know, we were dedicated to this two hour lesson and I go out, I try to do a couple of runs. And as I said, there is hard snow blowing in my face as I'm going down I'm like this sucks. And so I get to Piper and back at her lesson and she's got snot running down her face. Her hair is all wet. It's hanging out. And I'm like, do you want to just get out of here? She's like, no, nah, one more run. And I'm like, what? I'm like, clearly you're tougher than me. And the thing is, like, we don't know how the kids are going to respond to this type of thing. Piper also recently, you guys went to the ice ribbon. I took her. You guys had a much more successful experience for her. The siblings group, by the way, I'm advocating for Holly's Isaac Foundation siblings group. They went out there. Her experience out there with you guys was much better than with me because I was trying to give her instruction. Whereas out there, she had nobody like an annoying dad trying to give her instruction. 
Yeah, so that the foundation believe in the sink and swim. No, just not kidding. But literally, it's like I don't know how to ice skate. So, like, kids, you got to figure it out. So, based on that, she wanted to go again, and we went for a third time. And I'm I'm having these visions in my head. She loved it with the Isaac Foundation, so she's going to be doing a triple lutz. No, she was clinging for dear life to like the railing again, and looking like she was going to fall constantly, catching herself at the last second. And I'm like this doesn't look like fun, but I would check in and she would want to keep doing So again, she has a resolve and a determination that maybe I don't even have. So it, that is to say, once again, whatever your resistance, to me, it's the internal resistance. I don't want to put up with this, 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 and this, but this isn't about me. Uh, just like the time that Morgan and I just simply went for a walk and we just walked to the local, you know, crummy convenience store. But on the way behind our house, there's this glorified pond. It's this boggy, swampy thing, except it had iced over. And we stopped and it was like, what's the threshold of this ice? I don't think it's that strong. Let's throw rocks on it. And we got a smaller rock and then a bigger rock and then a bigger until like we were stunned at how well the ice held up. But here's an activity that wasn't planned that came out of nowhere. And now anytime somebody comes over, Morgan's like, tell them about that day with the ice and the rocks. So it's just like, it's advocating for just take the chance. Your kids are actually uh, a lot more resilient than you are sometimes. So true. So David, in that same sibling spotlight event where we took, we let the kids go um, ice skating and keep in mind, it was highly controlled. The city of Spokane has it very regulated. So you can only have a certain number of the kids on the ice ring at the same time. And so they rotate, they rotated in 15 minutes you know, intervals so that, you know, there was a little bit of overlap with the kids of being at the, on the ice at the same time, but they had a blast. And um, some decided that they didn't want to ice skate because they were, you know, just wasn't their threshold. And so, you know, Ronnie, our facilitator entertained them and they still had a blast. Just watching the other kids ice skate was still highly entertaining for the kids because again, there's that social factor. And Kelly too, she was asking me to go ice skating again. Well, funny story too, John, uh, my husband, has been working on putting up a big pond in our front field. And of course it's been collecting water and it has a nice little ice puddle, which is perfect for ice skating actually right now, because you know, it's so smooth now that it's like, oh my gosh, it's not huge, but I mean, you can do a triple lesson in there. And again, she's not, um, she's not, you know, a, uh, you know, Olympic, you know, skater or anything. So just that amount of ice, but you know, they, not that we have ice skates, but she just goes out there and like scooches around in her tennis shoes and, you know, like sees how, you know, like at the edges, it kind of, you know, you can kind of like, you know, crack the ice and stuff. And it's hugely entertaining. And again, if she was to fall through, she's going up to, you know, maybe her, her ankle or maybe shin, whatever. Um, Cause it's not like, you know, this ridiculous raging, you know, like pond, but all these just different things were again, outdoors. But again, I think what you're right. I have always said, I hate being cold. I don't mind being hot, um, you know, 110 degree day. Like I don't mind cause it's sunny and you know, like, you know, you just go find water, but when it is cold, it's just cold. And once you get cold, you can't warm up. And it's just in my mind, I think I have the you know, the block about like doing outdoor activities in the wintertime. And yet we've had so much fun doing outdoor stuff. It's not necessarily the cold outside for me. It's literally all the layers that you have to put on to be warm, to go outside. So no bad weather, just inappropriate clothing, but the clothing is what I'm just like, when you look at the pile of stuff that you have to put on and ask your child to put on Sometimes it's a little much. And then you're like, hmm, 
am I going to spend 15 minutes getting all of this stuff on for my child to spend five minutes outside and then be done? So sometimes you just have to talk yourself beyond that. Okay. Yes. We're going to spend 15 minutes putting all this on, even if it's only five minutes of enjoying outside, because maybe something will click. Maybe something will, you know, maybe it'll be 30, 45 minutes outside. Yeah. Find out there's something that they like to do. And one of the other barriers to you saying that Christine is for me, it's 15 minutes of getting all of those clothes on, but it's about 45 minutes for me to pull it all out because I have the four kids. And then I have to pull out 45 minutes for me to pull out all of the outdoor, like warm clothes things for every single kid. And then I'm like, wait a minute, is this one Tyler's or this one's Trevor's? And I can hold it up. Nope. That one's for Tyler. Cause Tyler's a tall one. These ones must be Trevor's. And then it's like, okay, okay. Do I have, okay. So there's that, there's that, there's that. Okay. Yeah. Da, da, da. Oh no, I'm missing. Oh, Caleb's gloves. Where, where's Caleb's gloves. And so it's like 45 minutes sorting it all out. And you're right for like potentially five minutes outside. And then you're like, oh, this is lame. The other thing now I'm going to give this props to my husband. So you guys, when you see my husband, be sure that you, you let him know that I threw props for him out in my podcast today is that, um, he is definitely, uh, he's an outdoorsy guy. He likes to hunt. He likes to fish. He likes to snowmobile, which was kind of like a, at first, cause it's like, you know, oh gosh, you know, I don't hunt anything. So good news people, Holly took hunter safety. So I'm an official huntress now. I say huntress because it just sounds more feminine. Anyway, one of the things I told my husband, part of the reason why I think I'm not going to like hunting is because I don't like being cold. And when is hunting season? It's in the fall and the winter. And I, again, don't enjoy, and you have to sit outside and be quiet and not move around. So you're, you know, like, and so that was one of my big things. It's like, I don't know. I'll, I'll go ahead and take hunter safety. I'm going to give it a try, but I don't like being cold. And he bought me a heated vest. So I put it on underneath my jacket and it's got this like super awesome, like battery pack, which by the way, also charges my cell phone. So it's like, you know, it charges my vest, but it also charges my cell phone. So like, it's super great. And um, also he bought me heated socks because I hate it when my, my feet are cold. So now what's funny is, is that, you know, my desire to want to go outside and do more of these outdoor things. Like I'm like, oh, I got a heated vest and my heated socks. Like how bad can it be? So then the problem is, is now everybody's fighting over my heated equipment. So it's like all of a sudden Tyler's wanting to use it because he's going to go do something outside. So he wants to borrow it. So I'm always hunting around. So I told John, we're just going to buy heated vests and heated socks for everybody. Because again, what you said, Christine, I think that's an amazing point is, you know, it's really all about being, it's the layers. You got to dress for the activity. And as long as you're warm and you're prepared, like the activities are actually quite fun. And so now that all the kids have figured out that, you know, Hey, I just, I'm going to throw mom's vest on underneath my jacket. We're literally now kind of more fighting over outdoor activities and who gets to wear the heated socks and the heated vest. So I'm investing in those. I figure they're going to go on clearance probably soon because it's getting towards the end of winter. And I'm going to just get, I'm going to stockpile those and guess what everybody's getting. So uh, it's been, you know, that's, that's one of the cool things is, you know, once you get to that point of going, okay, yes, if we just had the right clothes, then that would be great. Cause one of the things we like to do in the summertime, spring, summer, and fall is go hiking. I mean, it's just, it's so beautiful out. It's so peaceful. It's so relaxing. You just kind of walk around and see things and, you know, see different places. And sometimes you hike in the mountains and there's beautiful views, or sometimes you're just walking along the river and it's really cool to walk out and stand on top of a rock that's looking out over the river. I mean, it's just really cool. You can do all those same things in the winter time. So sometimes it's just 
it's just getting past that mind block of if I just put on the right clothes, I can still do the kind of the same things, you know, that we like to do in the spring, summer and fall in the wintertime. Yes. And as my husband pointed out too, is the, um, the attire has really come a long way just because it's not as bulky and heavy as it once was. And it breathes a little bit better. So you stay warm, but it's still breathable. So you're not just like drenched in sweat too. And so it's movable. That's movable. It used to be like, you know, the, the Christmas story kid, uh, the Christmas story kid or the Michelin man, where you're just hugely puffed out and, you can't even move. And yeah, you're right. I mean, outdoor, outdoor clothing is so much more movable and warm and yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. One other thing, David, and this is to the girls. Um, so David's daughter and my daughter are in sibling spotlight together. And one of the things that the kids love to do, and this was, was one of those parenting moments where, you know, I was, we were coming up with the program. We decided we were still going to have sibling spotlight, even though, you know, we're in the middle of COVID. So they had to be hundred percent outdoors. They have to wear masks. We have to be six feet apart. We had to reduce our numbers, but the kids really need that mental health outlet. And, um, one of the things I was like, what are we going to have them do in the park? And I was just like, well, there's always the ducks in the park. Right. And the Lord knows they're always hungry. Well, we Googled and we found out because you're not supposed to feed the ducks. Well, you're not supposed to feed the ducks people food. And so what we did is we went online to find out what could we feed the ducks so that it's actually their diet so that we can still have the kids interact with the ducks, but we're not, you know, like hurting them. And so bird there's there's bird food duck food um so we went to northwest seed and we invite we just bought some of the you know the food that you would feed the ducks um if they were just a domestic you know an animal you know uh, you know that somebody owned and we give them little duck bags um every time they come to sibling spotlight and i was not sure how the kids were going to like that because it's like this could either be awesome or not awesome the other thing was this could be awesome one time and then the next time i send it with them they could be like this is so dumb we've done this like a hundred times and i am assured by both the kids and also our facilitator that the kids love it they look forward to going and visiting the ducks and feeding them every single time. And so as simple as that sounds, you know, just going outside my uh, upstairs, you know, renter, he, he has these bird feeders out. And so all the birds that are super interested in, you know, like a, you know, a, a treat, it's amazing. And again, as something as simple as feeding the ducks it, it, again, I wouldn't, don't feed them bread because it isn't good for them, but we just went online, found out what they ate and we went and bought some at the Northwest seed that, you know, the pet store, and it's been super fun for the kids and they really enjoy it. So you can feed the ducks and the geese and it's been great. Like I said, unexpected. The other thing, David, and I think you would attest is that I was concerned that after a couple months of the kids being outside, they were going to start complaining about it being cold and and the answer is, you know, and the thing is too, I was with, I didn't want to then have to burden our facilitator to be the person that has to carry everything. So it's like, okay, everybody has to bring your own water container, but everybody has to be able to carry their own. Everybody has to bring gloves and you have to be able to carry your gloves if you don't want to wear them. So those are all those things where, you know, you probably are going to want them, but you know, it's always like that mind mentality. I always kind of, my mind with outdoor activities is, is that I'm going to end up being the one schlepping all of the stuff around. I'm going to be having to, you know, carry all the gloves. I got to carry the water bottles. And the kids have been awesome. They, you know, bring a water bottle and they carry it themselves. If, you know, they bring gloves and they carry them themselves um, and it's been fine. And so again, David, I don't, I'm guessing Piper, I mean, she always seems like she's enjoying herself too. There's certainly no complaints, but I've not had any of the kids say, 
meeting outside sucks. In fact, actually, it was the opposite, David, as I heard from the kiddos this last time that they were voting and talking amongst themselves that even when COVID is over, they prefer doing things that are outdoors because we, before COVID, we were using a facility. Um, we were, you know, borrowing a facility so the kids could be indoors doing sibling spotlight. And they've actually said they've talked amongst themselves and they are voting that they want to try and keep them outdoors. How do you, have you heard that same? Um, no, because Piper's preaching. So she doesn't like uh, communicating with us in any way, but here's what I've observed. A, now you have me self-conscious. Did we actually send her with water any of these times? Um, she hasn't complained. So I'm going to assume that her mom was more prepared than me. Well, don't drink them. I send them with water. Because I, I was going to actually, you know, like send them, hand them water bottles. But it turns out that because they're not really sweating or anything, so they're really not drinking them very much. And we always take them for hot chocolate. And so they drink the hot chocolate and not necessarily the water. So I mean... It's one thing for us to come up with those activities. And what, uh, what you reaffirmed and what Christine reaffirmed, and I think what we've all said is the resistance to the outdoor activity comes from us, not them. I mean, they might whine and complain, but we're the ones like, oh, 45 minutes to take it on. And then, you know, one thing you didn't mention, and what's my mudroom going to look like with all these wet, sloppy clothes when I get back and they're all piled up? But that's all just my internal stuff. But what this does, as you said, it gets them out in a structured format, but not with their parents, which I think provides all the benefit. There is, there is structure. They know there's rules, but it's not being laid down by their parents. So it's not nearly as annoying. And so I think the lack of communication when it comes to my typical daughter is actually a good thing. If there was bad things going on, she would definitely let me know. But when there's good things going on, it's like, how was it? Oh, it was great. Stop asking me questions immediately because I don't want to. Yeah. So, which is fine. That just means she's 11. Yeah, exactly. Preteen. Tanya, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up this podcast on indoor and outdoor activities as the case may be? Well, my kids are just wimps and don't like the cold. <laughs> hey, and that's so much. I know so much so that Logan is now, because, you know, we're about to go through a cold front. He's telling me that he cannot go to the writing group the next two days in person because he would have to walk outside and he doesn't want to freeze to death. <laughs> Maybe you should invest in my, should I loan you my heated vest so he has it so he feels confident that he will not become a snowman? That's funny. I think the one, th one thing I would add is get them involved in the things that you assume that A, they might not want to be involved with or B, and this is a tough one for us, we just uh, did an accent wall. We painted it. And, you know, I'm not a handy person, so it's enough for me to try to guide myself through it. But then they want to help. And I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm going to screw it up. The last thing I want is for you then to screw up the accent wall too. But, and I had to let them get involved and let them use rollers and paintbrushes. And both Meg and I walked out of the room and I'm like, are you thinking the same thing I'm thinking? It's like, yes, we don't want to give up control, but we're going to. And regardless of how this turns out, it's going to be fine, but we can't be in the room because otherwise we're going to blow circuits. And guess what? The wall came out just fine. So it's just like get them involved in even just the most rudimentary tasks just to get them doing something other than getting, you know, being on their devices, which is wow. essentially. David, that's yeah. a really good point. I'm going to actually point out that, that uh, so Johnson Cooper will be 18 in May and he's profoundly affected. And you're absolutely right. Actually, he, I was painting an accent wall in my house. And of course, you know, I had most of it cleaned up, but I walked into the other room to do something. And I came back and he had the paintbrush in his hand and he was painting. 
I had intentionally left a big rectangle like um, blank because I had thought about like putting, knocking a hole in the wall and making like a pass through, like kind of a, like a breakfast nook. So I just intentionally left that spot blank because I kind of wanted to just see how it would feel. And he had found the paintbrush and he was over there painting in that, that white hole that I had missed. And you know what? I, it, he did a pretty decent job. Like at first I was like, no, Cooper. And then I was like, wait, awesome. Cooper, good job. Like you're so perfect. <laughs> Go for it. You know, when he was all done, you know, we took the roller over it just to smooth it up, but it was pretty awesome. The other thing was this weekend, um, John, uh, and I have gotten a travel trailer, a fifth wheel, and we have him come in with us because it's just, you know, to keep our eye on him because, you know, you got to keep your eye on him all the time because he's a helper, but not always in the good way. And some of the things that was funny is that he, you know, I was going through some of our camping supplies to put in the camper, right? And Cooper was wanting a wipe and he was washing off the outside of all the things because, you know, it was dusty. It had dust on it because they had been in storage because I used to have a pop-up trailer and then you know, sold it and put everything in bins. And so he was like taking the coffee pot and his little baby wipe and he was like polishing the outside of it perfectly. You know, all the things that were in there that were kind of dusty, he was just taking a wipe too. And he sat there and like wiped everything off with the duster for like an hour. And I, this is exactly what you're saying is, is that he was completely content. That was his jam. And it's not like I needed it cleaned, but like it was kind of helpful. So that's a really good point. You can find inclusion and, you know, participation and even something as, you know, the small things. And you're right. You might have to go back and rewash them or touch it up with a roller or whatever. But by and large, most things are like not, it's not permanent. So you can, you know, make, make it work. But the house didn't fall over because we let her paint an accent wall. No. Which yeah. is sadly where my mind goes. It really does. Like, oh my God, the house is going to explode if I let her touch a paintbrush. And it just well, kind of hey, doesn't. It's the same thing. Like if a blanket touches the floor, oh my God, like we have to like put it in a bag and, you know, like sterilize it. I know it's just absolutely crazy, but it's all these little neuroses that I don't know why it's there, but it just still is. But well, thank you guys for giving up part of your day to join my podcast on this topic. And hopefully people listening might have listen and find a little gem and an active indoor activity or an outdoor activity to give a try. I am definitely myself going to go. We have a game of life that we play. I call it mom's game of life at home where we like, you know, play, they earn money and then they have to pay me for rent and phone and internet, stuff like that. So I'm actually going to convert it and use that checkbook at home concept because I think that's really good because Lord knows, you know, my kids are the same way. They want something and it's like, nope, that's going to be like $10, like get a job. Well, then they're like running around. Well, if I put away the dishes, like, is that $10? If I uh, put away the stuff in the bathroom, is that $10? And so I think this concept of the checkbook because, you know, we're working on that as a life skill for Caleb and his um, sister, Kelly, that that is a brilliant idea. So I'm going to give that. See, I learned something today from your guys's genius here. So thank you for that. So with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode of Isaac's Autism Wild. We hope you join us next time. And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe and just remember we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.